Isaiah 54, verses 1 to 3. Sing, barren women, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who are never in labour. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtains wide, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Brilliant, Juliet, thank you so much. And uh, do keep the Bible open at that page uh, or that phone. And um, let me pray for us as we have the second uh, in our three-week series on a vision for joy. Let's pray, shall we? Lord God, would you use this time that we're gathering like this this evening to work in each of our hearts and each of our lives? And we pray very simply, Lord God, that by the power of your spirit, that you would fill each one of us with joy, that we might know that deep joy that comes from relationship with you. So Lord God, please be at work in us and amongst us. For your glory we pray. Amen. Now, if I may, I'm going to start uh, this evening um, slightly showing off about my children, okay? So sort of humble dad brag, if, if, if you will. Um, if you were walking through Clapham Junction train station this week, and um, you weren't sort of one of the millions of people who are, you know, 95% of the people that are going through Clapham Junction train station are just like, head down, tunnel vision, I've got to get to that platform on time, otherwise I'm going to miss my, pl- uh, my train, shoving people out of the way. If you were slightly more sort of able to look around at what was going on, as you were going through that bit uh, where all the sort of shops are before you get to the, the turnstile things, um, you know, Sainsbury's is there, M&S is there. If you'd been looking around, uh, you'd have looked, when you got to Sainsbury's, you'd have looked up and you'd see an advertising hoarding, an advertised board, and you'd have seen this, and you'd have gone, Dolphin School, the happiest school in Battersea. And if I'm not mistaken, that looks very much like a mini Jago. And you'd be right, that is my youngest son, Theo, age six, uh, complete with stylish pudding bowl haircut. Uh, I used to rock that one too when I was six as well. And then as you sauntered on past uh, Sainsbury's and you got as far as Marks and Spencer, you'd have looked at the next poster up there and you'd have gone, ah, Dolphin School again, the happiest school in Battersea. That looks like one of Jago and Susanna's kids too. And again, you would have been right, Uh, that is Hope, age eight. And I show you those two posters partly to show off about my deeply photogenic children. Yes, they take after their mother. I know what you're thinking. Um, But also, because whilst Dolphin School certainly is a very, very happy school, what we're talking about in this sermon series, last week, this week, next week, it's not a vision for happiness, but a vision for joy. It's a vision for joy. And there is a difference between joy and happiness. You see, happiness is a feeling that is influenced and dependent on our external circumstances. So at Dolphin School, children feel happy because they've got great teachers or they've got great friends or whatever it might be. But it's a happy feeling based on the external circumstances of the school. Whereas joy, joy in the Bible, it's not based on our external circumstances circumstances. Joy is something that each one of us can have deep within us irrespective of what external circumstances are in our own lives or are in all the mess of this world. Joy is something that a child could have even if they were at the most dreadful school. 
So the um, pastor, Warren Wiersbe, uh, wrote a book about joy, and he defined biblical joy as this. He said, that inward peace and sufficiency that is not affected by outward circumstances. Now, we'll come to the Bible passage that Juliet just read for us just in a little bit, but first I just want us to start somewhere else in Isaiah. You may have noticed with this branding for the sermon series, uh, these three little symbols, city, vineyard, and banquet. Last week, if you were here, you remember we focused on this sort of city motif in Isaiah, going all the way through Isaiah, this idea of a city. Next week, as Tim has said, we're thinking about banquet and then having a big banquet after all the services as well. But today, we're focused on vineyard, this vineyard motif that runs throughout the book of Isaiah. And all the time, as, you're, as you've got this sort of vineyard theme going through the book of Isaiah, it's all connected to what does it look like for you for me to be fruitful? What does it look like for us to be fruitful in our lives? And there's a picture right at the start of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter five, there's a picture of a fruitless vineyard. A fruitless vineyard, chapter five, the verse is gonna come up on the screen and the vineyard is us. God owns the vineyard and the vineyard itself is us, God's people, and the vineyard is yielding bad fruit. If you look there at the end of verse two, it says it's yielding bad fruit. Literally, it's yielding rancid, moldy fruit. And yet, because of God's wonderful love, God's wonderful grace, the book of Isaiah tells us that God God is in the business of transforming his people from fruitless to fruitful. That's what's going on throughout Isaiah. How does God transform people from being fruitless to fruitful? Isaiah 27 perhaps gives the clearest picture of this fruitful vineyard. God's speaking, and this is what he says, Isaiah 27. He says, sing about a fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, watch over it. I water it continually. I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. And then a few verses later in that chapter, verse six, he gives his summary of this now fruitful vineyard. And he says this. He says, in days to come, Jacob, that's God's people, God's people, Jacob, shall take root. Israel, God's people again, shall blossom and put forth shoots and fill the whole world with fruit. And it's a lovely verse because they all rhyme, don't they? Root shoots fruit. And it is that verse that our vision as a church is derived from. Our vision as a church, many of you will know it, to see every life bearing fruit for Jesus. As God's people, we want to be a people that have deep roots, deep roots of discipleship, We want to be people who have wide shoots, wide shoots of outreach, reaching out with the good news of Jesus, so that we pray that we might see much fruit. Now, when you come to our Bible reading for today, Isaiah 54, you'll see there's no mention of a vineyard at all. But there is this same trajectory, this trajectory from fruitless to fruitful. And this time, fruitless to fruitful, not in terms of a vineyard, but in terms of a woman. Just have a look again at verse one. It says, sing, barren woman. You who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. You who are never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. And hopefully you can see the idea there. The vineyard and the woman, they are both representing God's people. 
And both of them, these pictures, the vineyard, the woman, they are both showing that God, God is in the business of transforming spiritually barren people into spiritually fertile people, transforming fruitless people into fruitful people. And it's because of this transformation that God is all about that he says to his people, his people pictured like this barren woman who's suddenly about to produce many children, he says, verse 2, He says, verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. So very simply, let me this evening, I want to give you, if you like, I want to give you three marks of fruitfulness. Three marks of fruitfulness that I pray and I hope are important for us. Important for us as a whole church as we look to the year ahead, but also important for each one of us as individuals. What does it mean in the year ahead for me to be fruitful in my life? What does it mean for you to be fruitful? Here's the first mark of fruitfulness. Strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stakes. I wonder if you've ever had that experience of your tent just sort of collapsing in the wind. You know, the tent pegs, the stakes, they, they come out. They're not strong enough to hold the tent secure. I remember when I was little, uh, age 10, I was in my parents' garden, and I was with my friend Jim, and it was the first night ever that I was staying in a tent and staying the whole night without a parent beside me. And it was, you know, me and Jim felt we were very big, very tough, very macho 10-year-olds. And there we were, we were in our tent. It was about midnight, And then suddenly, all the tent pegs popped out, the whole thing collapsed, and Jim and I ran out of the tent, we scrabbled out, ran inside to find my mum and dad in floods of tears, saying a monster has attacked our tent. Turned out our cat had jumped on it. Uh, Or, or, you know, more serious, one of those delightful times at Focus. Many of us here will have been on Focus, the Christian summer holiday, and lots were on it uh, just this last summer. Um, But there was one time, I was at Focus a few years ago now, when, um, shock horror, it was windy and pouring with rain, okay? It's normally very, very sunny, honestly. But um, uh, there we were, it was windy, it was raining, and um, our sort of HTC central marquee area, it, it lost its pegs, and it flipped over, and it squashed someone's tent, almost causing severe injury. And you can picture the scene in the middle of the night there's four or five of us in the pouring rain and the wind and we're clinging on to this upside down marquee for dear life praying that it doesn't let sort of go off and cartwheel across the campsite causing absolute devastation you see for us spiritually strengthening our stakes our tent pegs spiritually what's that about it's about us as disciples as followers of jesus now, I, I'm not a camping expert. I got my, uh, one of my tents out at home. Uh, this is one of my tent pegs in um, my, um, my tent. It's not exactly, I mean, that, that's your discipleship is held by that. You've got a bit of a problem, haven't you? We need to strengthen our stakes, strengthen our tent pegs. We need something that's a bit more like that if our discipleship is going to be secure. Now, what does that mean when it comes to you and me being disciples of Jesus? What does it mean to strengthen our stakes? Here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean... You've got to be more capable. Doesn't mean you've got to be more intellectual. Now, your or my fruitfulness this year depends not ultimately on our giftings or our talents. The fruitfulness of HTC this coming year depends not ultimately on what resources we have at HTC, not ultimately on whether we have a good church strategy. 
Now, our fruitfulness for Jesus this coming year, it depends on our rootedness in Jesus. It depends on our strengthening our stakes in Jesus. Do you remember what Jesus said in John chapter 15? He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It's about you and me. It's about HTC, us being rooted in Jesus. Rooted in Jesus, in a vineyard with a vine having deep roots, with a tent with strong stakes. And as a church, I often say for us at HTC that everything that we do here is underpinned by three things. It's underpinned by God's word, by worship, and by prayer. And if you like, those I think are the sort of the key stakes that we need to be strengthened in our church and in our own lives this coming year. You know, when a church implodes, or or when a church leader has a moral failing, or, or when an individual starts walking on a path that is going far, far away from Jesus, generally the underlying reason for that taking place is that those three tent pegs, word, worship, and prayer, they have shriveled to be more like this than this. Now, there are loads and loads of stuff that I could say at this point about our discipleship. Let me just mention two very brief things. Firstly, as I said last week, please, if you're not in a connect group, I want to encourage you to join a connect group. Strengthen your stakes of worship, word, and prayer, not just in the big as we gather here on a Sunday, but also midweek in the medium as we gather in connect groups. Please would you join a connect group to strengthen your stakes as a disciple of Jesus. And then second, when thinking about how we strengthen our stakes as a church in terms of prayer, what I'd love us to do is to, all of us, I'd love you to sign up for a new prayer resource that we're launching tomorrow called HTC Pray. And I'll explain how to do that uh, right near the end of our service. So that's the first mark of fruitfulness. Strengthening our stakes, our discipleship as a church, that rootedness in Jesus Christ. Here's the second mark of fruitfulness. Not just strengthen your stakes, but stretch your tent. Stretch your tent. Look at verse two. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. You see, fruitfulness, it's not just about having strong tent pegs, it's also about having a bigger tent. It's not just about having deep roots, it's also about having wide shoots. And you know, we believe at the moment for us as a church here at HTC that now is a time that God is calling us to stretch our tent. Now, not in all ways. You know, the church plant that we were hoping would happen sometime this this academic year that we're just starting, it is looking very unlikely that it'll happen. Please do pray for a breakthrough. But in key ways... We are currently stretching, we're enlarging our tent as we look to be fruitful, as we look to see every life bearing fruit for Jesus, our own lives and more and more other people's lives too. And I just want to very briefly mention to you five ways that at the moment I see us that stretching our tent as a church. Here's the first one, it's it's pretty obvious, Sundays. 
Uh, two weeks ago, we multiplied our morning service into two main morning services. Now that we have four services on a Sunday rather than three. And just by doing that over the last couple of weeks, uh, I think the number of people coming to church on a Sunday has, has grown by 60, 70 people. We're stretching our tents on a Sunday. Second area where we're stretching our tents is in terms of our outreach. So the prison ministry at Brixton Prison has been growing. Uh, We've become part of the Welcome Churches Network so we can better welcome refugees. Our our breakfast club on Tuesday mornings, which flowed out of the food bank that we started during COVID, that is continuing to grow. I love the fact that at the breakfast club there is now Alpha, Spanish Alpha, an English-speaking Bible study and a Spanish-speaking Bible study all running on a Tuesday morning at the breakfast club alongside the breakfast and the practical advice and so much more. And then in in the coming year, we're looking to substantially grow and expand to stretch our tent in terms of our our sports outreach too, building on some of the amazing hubs that exist, such as the touch rugby one and the football one and the netball one. We're looking to employ a part-time sports minister in the next couple of months to oversee this. And this is about outreach to so many people who live around here from all socioeconomic groups, adults, particularly those in their 20s and 30s, but also those younger too, all with the longing that as well as, as physical well-being, that also be provision of emotional well-being and most vitally spiritual well-being as people are connected through the sports ministry to Jesus and connected into the life of this church. We're stretching the tent Third way that we're stretching the tent is with our children and youth and families ministries. Since the summer, we have put our money where our mouth is, if you like, and increased our staffing in these vital areas, recognizing in a recent national survey, 75% of adults in this country who are professing Christians came to faith in Jesus before the age of 18. And so joining Emma as our wonderful uh, children's pastor, we have also got all this other gaggle of people also joining all this different department. We've got Felix and Amy and Sasha and Ed and Bonnie. We're stretching our tent. The fourth way that we're stretching our tent is developing church leaders. So we started the church leadership course last term, you'll remember, which was a great success. And then in addition to Ed and to Felix, our two new wonderful curates, joining Tim as a curate as well, we now have four ordinands placed with us, training to be vicars in the Church of England. So Rima, Natalie, Anthony, and then joined by Zim. And then the final area, that we're looking to stretch our tent is, well, it's this building. As many of you know, we started the whole process for our building project, Revitalize 250. We started the process four years ago, okay? With the aim of making this building fit for purpose to support the overall vision of this church in the 21st century. How we were looking to do that? We're looking to do that chiefly by getting these pews on the ground floor removed so we can use this space flexibly throughout the week for all sorts of different things. Uh, the currently, you know, it's full on a Sunday, but we can barely use this space because it's not flexible during the week. Also, we're looking to have far more rooms at this end of the church so that the children's group, there'll be enough rooms for children's groups on a Sunday, whereas currently at the moment, children as young as five are having to go off-site across to Trinity House for their groups. We're also looking to have kitchen and toilet facilities that are actually adequate for a church of six to 700 people. 
And you know, over the years, we have had plenty of battles along the way to get permission. You need to get permission from so many people I just did not realize. You have to get permission from Lambeth Council, from the Church of England. You have to listen to the views of the Georgian Society and the Victorian Society and the Church Building Council and Historic England, and there are plenty more besides. There have been quite a few number of us, you may be one of them, who have been praying in the last year daily that we might be able to get these pews out on the downstairs bit. And I want to update you today. Because finally, this week, I was sent just on Thursday the Chancellor of Southwark's final judgment on the matter. He, the Chancellor of Southwark, I've mentioned him before, he's like the overall top dog. All these other people have a say, say what they don't like about our plans, blah, blah, blah. It all eventually, after years and years and years, gets to the Chancellor of Southwark and he gives the final verdict, the overall thing, can this actually go ahead? I've likened to him slightly unfairly in the past. I've sort of called him a Darth Vader-like character, but I, 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 I repent of that. But, but, um, uh, um, but on Thursday... Um, finally, we received his final judgment, um, and after so many meetings and discussions and submissions and challenges, and he sent me a document on Thursday of 28 pages, it's got 137 points within it. But as you read through it, and when you eventually get to point number 133, <laughs> you discover that we have now been given permission to move forwards with the project. It is, an, it is an amazing, amazing answer to prayer. I, I want to praise God and thank God for his answer to prayer. A number of us were praying, knowing that I would have quite liked to have said what I've just said today on this, sort of, this session of, uh, of our three-week series. We've been praying that we might hear from the Chancellor before today, and on Thursday, God answered our prayers. And I'm so grateful to God that we have the green light for the whole project to go ahead. So for those of you who have been praying daily for these pews to come out, they can and they will, uh, and it'll happen, uh, our plan is it should happen uh, just after Christmas, right at the start of January, we will look to get them out right then. So HTC, strengthen your stakes, stretch your tent, and then the third mark of fruitfulness, shout for joy. Shout for joy. There'll be some people in our church, maybe some here, who will know the huge pain of finding it difficult to have children. And we want to care for and pray for those people where that's the case. But there'll also probably be quite a few of us here, and actually we know people, or maybe we are ourselves, we know people who have tried for ages to have children with all sorts of struggles, maybe over years, and then finally, after waiting, they've had a child. And obviously, that produces such joy. And that's the image here in our Bible passage. Look at verse one again. It says, sing, barren woman. You who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. Shout for joy. You see, moving from being fruitless to fruitful brings joy. And particularly in this section of Isaiah, it's in the context of fruitfulness of other people coming to faith in the Lord through the words and the deeds of God's people. It is the joy of seeing God's kingdom growing. Over the summer on our sabbatical, there's, um, there's one person of joy that I will never forget. We were in Sabbath in Borneo. 
And we were visiting the Bible colleges uh, that I had taught English to the trainee pastors to back when I was 18, so 28 years ago. And after we visited one of the Bible colleges one day, it was a a hot day as it always is in Borneo, and we drove about 15 minutes in the van and we drove to a nearby river for a swim. And as we were getting ready to go into the water, our our eight-year-old Hope um, suddenly realized she'd left her prized pink cap. Um, She'd left it at the Bible college. And, you know, she was a bit upset about that, but, you know, never mind, not a disaster, it's only a cap. When suddenly this car pulled up, And in the car was one of the Bible college students called Benny. Benny's uh, in his mid-twenties. And Benny put his hand out of the car window, holding Hope's pink cap, which he'd found at the college, realized who it was, and had decided to get in the car and come and track us down and find us to give us back the cap. And he handed over this cap with an enormous, joyous smile on his face. Now, so what? Well, let me tell you about Benny. Benny. As a teenager, Benny had been sentenced to death. He'd been put on death row for murdering his dad. But in prison, as Benny waited to be killed, he came to faith in Jesus Christ. And wonderfully, Benny was granted release from death row. And in prison, as he grew in his relationship with Jesus, so over time he decided and he felt that God wanted him to be a church pastor. And others agreed. And so it was eventually worked out that part of his rehabilitation was him being allowed to be a student in the Bible college rather than be in prison for the last years of his sentence. And that image that remains with me, Benny simply holding hopes pink cap, a young man transformed from fruitlessness to fruitfulness, and a young man full of joy because of it, transformed by God's love and God's grace, which he had understood and been a recipient of. Now, few, if any of us here, will have committed murder. But you know, God is still in the business of transforming each one of us too. Transforming Benny, transforming me, transforming you. Transforming us from fruitlessness to fruitfulness. And you know, fruitfulness, it is only possible because of the cross. Isaiah 54 as you might expect, comes after Isaiah 53. And Isaiah 53 is the most famous chapter in the whole of the Old Testament, pointing forwards to the cross. You'll probably know some of the verses in it. One of them's gonna come up, Isaiah 53, verse six. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that's true of Benny, and it's true of me, And it's true for you that Jesus Christ faced the utter barrenness of the cross so that we can know the utter fruitfulness of a life lived for him. And that brings such joy. You know, we must watch out. We must watch out if anything stirs up in us more joy than God's love and God's grace. So beware if our success or if our achievement, if our popularity makes us more joyful than being joyful for what God has done for us in Jesus. 
You know, beware even if our delight and our joy is more in the numbers of people here at church or that the breakfast club's working really well or the fact that we've got permission for Revitalize 250. All of those things, they are very joyous things, but there is nothing more joyous than the fact that God, he has saved us despite our sin at such huge cost to himself. That is what we should be most joyous about. HTC, I pray that as a church, we may be those above all who shout for joy because of God's grace and God's love shown for us at the cross. If you were here last week, you may remember the sort of key verse for this sermon series, Isaiah 58, verse 14. Very simply, you will find your joy where? You'll find your joy in the Lord. And that That is the ultimate key to you and I, to this church being fruitful, finding our joy in the Lord. Um, Now, we've we've responded to the message, as it were, in in prayer. Uh, We responded in song. But I'd love us, sort of for the, the last little bit of the service, to also respond in action. And uh, don't worry, I'm not going to do another sermon the same length I've just done, so don't worry. But I am just going to talk a little bit uh, further. In Isaiah 54, uh, we've seen already, we've had strengthen your stakes, your discipleship. We've had stretch your tent, our outreach. We've had shout for joy, our vision for joy. But there's also a fourth one, don't hold back. If you look at verse 2, it's going to come up on the next slide. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. And uh, what I'd love us to do this evening, if you'd be so kind, is to get your phone out and to uh, head to avisionforjoy.com. And you can do that. There's going to be a QR code that's coming up there on the screen. You can get to avisionforjoy.com by using that QR code. Scanning that will take you to avisionforjoy.com. Or you can just type it into your internet browser. Or you can go to the HTC webpage, and you'll be able to click on A Vision for Joy there. So I'll just um, wait a moment as you're all doing that. If you're going through to avisionforjoy.com. And this is sort of a sort of web pages that we've put together in terms of how can we respond to this three-week sermon series, A Vision for Joy. And when you get there, um, anyone not able to get there? Everyone got there? All happy? Good. Right, we can take that off and let's have the next slide. Um, When you get there, you'll have found, hopefully, five boxes. I mentioned them last week. um, And um, uh, I'd love every one of us, as part of this vision, to not hold back. To not hold back in these five things that everyone would belong, grow, pray, serve, and give. And if you were here last week, I focused on the first two, on belong and grow, just to emphasize in the belong bit, particularly for those new to HTC, as Tim was saying, please do sign up for First Fruits. First session is this Thursday evening. We would love to see you at that. We've got over 50 already booked in, but we would love, um, if you are new, if you joined the church in the last year, please do join it. It'll be a great way you can feel that you are belonging, by coming along for the two evenings of First Fruits. And then, so that was the, the belong bit. Then we had the grow bit. And again, everyone join a connect group in that, connect, in, the, in that bit, the grow bit. You find all the details there about the connect groups, where they are, et cetera, et cetera. But what about the other three boxes? Let me just um, say a little bit about uh, the last three boxes. I'm going to start with the last one, um, which in a sense will take a bit of prayer and reflection, and that is everyone give. Everyone give. Let me tell you a little bit about the sort of financial giving and state uh, of the church first. Our current expenditure 
as a church for this calendar year at HTC is estimated to be just over one million pounds. So one million and 80,000 pounds for 2022. And that is paid predominantly, over 95% of that comes from the generous giving of many of you, of us in this church. And so if you are someone who is currently giving financially to HTC, I want to say a huge, huge thank you to you for your generosity with that. And what we're saying is to meet our needs, to implement our plans for next year, for 2023, there's going to be an increase in expenditure by around £150,000, which is largely due to an increase in staffing as well as an increase in the cost of some of the church ministries as we, as I've been talking about, as we stretch our tent, you know, as we stretch our tent with the outreach, with the sport, with the children's and families ministries. And so our prediction, based on, if you like, the current run rate of giving that's coming in, um, is that as a congregation, our giving needs to go up by £80,000 this next year to meet this need. And that is an increase of about 7% on the giving this year. But obviously, what I've just said there is not including the biggest expense of all, which is Revitalise 250, the building project that I've, we've just been given the green light for. And Revitalise 250, it is a project of around £5 million. And through the generosity of you and others in the church family, we've already raised around £2.2 either in money given or money pledged to be given. But there is, you can do the maths, uh, around a cool £3 million more pounds that we still need to raise. So what's my request to you? We would love everyone to give. Uh, perhaps you want to pray about it. You want to maybe act on it in the next week, 10 days. Now, of course, I am only too aware of the cost of living crisis at the moment and, and you know, the, the interesting nature of our economy, should we put it like that? Um, but the, the biblical principle of tithing, 10% of your income, that's a helpful benchmark but above all, the Bible encourages each one of us to give generously, cheerfully, and sacrificially. Someone in the prayer meeting just before this service had an image of just a little pinprick, and they wondered whether that was God just reminding us that maybe some of us sitting there, as you hear numbers like three million pounds, and you're like, what can my giving do towards that? And just that little reminder, that pinprick, that however much or little we feel we can give, it is all super important. And that pinprick can make all the difference. So please, all of us, however much you do or don't have, please let's be praying through, thinking through, what can we give generously, sacrificially, and cheerfully? Just so you can sort of see how to give. If you are um, on uh, that, that uh, visionforjoy.com bit, if you click the give button, some of you may have already done that, it'll take you, when you click the give button, it'll take you to the financial giving page of our website. And as you scroll down that page, you'll very simply see there are two buttons there. There's either Give Now or Pledge Now. And for most people, very simply, the easiest way is to click the Give Now button if you want to give through our online giving system. Uh, and uh, once you're in there, you can give a one-off donation or you can sort of set up a monthly direct debit. You can give uh, to uh, the general funds. You can give specifically to Revitalize 250. So that's probably the easiest way for most people. The only other people that it may be slightly better for to click the other button is if you currently have a standing order already set up with your bank for the church, you might want to click Pledge Now instead. Fill in just the brief details on the Pledge Now button uh, so that we know what your plans are and then amend your own standing order using HTC's bank details with your own online banking facility. Let me just speak uh, particularly to two groups of people 
Uh, first group, if you don't currently give financially to HDC, I would love you to consider doing so. And my prayer is, with quite a few new people in the life of the church, um, I pray that actually, as all those who are new here and say, actually, I'm going to start giving to the church, I pray that actually, that through the giving of new people, we might at least if, at meet, if not more than meet, our anticipated shortfall of £80,000 for next year through new people giving to HTC's general funds. And then if you do currently give financially to the church, and that'll be many, many people here, of course, if you feel you can increase your giving to HTC's general funds, that would be wonderful, that would be amazing, please do. But the other thing you can do, you may just want to keep that the same, you're, you're giving to the general fund, but then you might want to instead set up an additional direct debit or one-off donation specifically to revitalize 250 and the building project. Because, yes, what are we doing over the coming weeks and months? Over the coming weeks and months, we are speaking in the coming weeks to a few wealthy individuals outside of this church but who are supportive and excited about the vision we have as a church. But we are going to need as much radical generosity as possible from all of us to get this extra three million pounds as quickly as possible to begin the works. So that was everyone give. And very simply, don't hold back. Um, second, uh, everyone serve. If we go to the serve button. If you, um, from a vision for joy.com, if you click on that serve box uh, on your phone, uh, you're going to see it on the screen as well. It'll take you to a form, everyone serve form. And I would love, this is the bit I just want to spend a bit of time on, particularly tonight. Um, I would love us all to get to the everyone serve form. You can get to there from a visionforjoy.com and then press the serve button. If you can't find it that way, if you use the um, QR codes in your pews, that will take you as well to this form as well. And it just look like, like, as we sort of think about what it is to strengthen our stakes, what it is to stretch our tent, um, what it is that actually produces such joy as we do it, as we serve, as we give of our time, give of our gifts, give of our talents, actually... That is something that can produce joy in us and in others. Because it's as we serve, as we bear fruit, that we see the joy of transformed lives, that we see people coming to faith in Jesus, that we see people being brought to healing and wholeness in all sorts of different ways. And so what I love is just a couple of minutes now for every one of us to fill in this form. And as you can see, it is a very, very simple form. And uh, just to say, if your phone has run out of battery and you'd like a, a paper copy, there'll be people at the back, Josh is going to come running, so just wave your hand if you'd like a paper copy uh, instead. But you'll see the form is so simple. Um, basically, you just need to put your name and your email there. You can put your phone number as well if you want. Uh, say which service, the, the 5.30. And then what we've done, you'll see all these different areas of I'd like to help serve with. And what we try to do to make it as easy as possible is put it in terms of times during the week. Um, please don't tick 10 boxes. You're not going to be able to serve in 10 boxes. If you tick one or two, you know, three or four maximum, that would be, what's going on out there? Um, and um, uh, um, then that will be great. But if you're already serving loads, some of you here are serving loads, you say, I can't serve anymore. That is totally fine. I fully understand. If you're serving loads, thank you for all you're doing. You may just want to tick maybe one, one of them that you're currently serving with. Uh, and say, this is what I particularly want to press into, really serving in this area. But let me just talk you through them so you can think if there's, if there's, if there's one or two, actually you could say, yes, I'd like to start serving in this area, you know what they are. First block of them is Sundays. 
And actually, if there is one that you're going to take, I'd love you to take one of the Sunday's ones particularly. You'll see the first ones. Children's groups, youth groups, Sunday hosting and hospitality, Sunday logistics and organization, worship and production. Obviously, you need some gifting to do worship, and you need a bit of understanding to do production, but you can get taught. Um, those, as we're stretching the tent on Sundays, that is particularly where we're needing more help of people serving, getting involved. So if you're able to do one of those, that would be awesome. And I want to say particularly, lots of people already do this from the evening service, but lots of people um, come to the evening service and receive and then help serve in the morning, whether it's with the children's group or the hospitality or whatever it might be. And I want to encourage you, if you think you could do that, maybe once a month, helping in the morning with a children's group, with, with serving at the hospitality, whatever it might be, um, please t think about that as well. But tick that box if you would like to help uh, on a Sunday in one of those areas. There's also prison ministry on a Sunday as well. We don't need loads and loads of people there, but we do need some. It's so vital as we run services in Brixton Prison on Sunday mornings. Then midweek evenings is the next section. Uh, helping on some of our courses, marriage course, alpha, whatever it might be. Again, there's children and youth stuff during the week as well. Next section, midweek daytime. If you are free to help then. Some of you won't be able to, but there'll be people here, maybe you're able to give some time during the week in the daytime. Maybe to help with a toddler group, homework club, breakfast club, winter shelter, refugee ministry, HTC seniors ministry. If that's something you can help with, if you think, oh, I, I could do that, I could give a little bit of time there, it'd be exciting to get involved in that area, why not do that? Um, the winter shelter and refugees are a little bit more ad hoc, but the other four particularly, I want, to, I want lovers to think about and love to have people uh, serving in those areas. If you can help modularly, consistently, that would be such a help. Then the bottom, bottom group, specific skills. So if you've got communication skills, whether it's graphic design, video stuff, whatever it might be. If you've got cooking or baking skills, we need to know. Um, and if you've got sports skills, and by sports skills, I don't mean I like to go to the pub and watch football, okay? That's not what I'm meaning there. Um, but if you could help, you don't have to be a sort of professional sports coach, but if you could help um, lead a sports group, um, whether for adults or for youth or whatever it might be, or you could help support lead a, support, uh, a sport group, and then we'd love to hear from you. And then there's a final box if you've got some other gift or skill that we haven't thought of, but actually you think would be really useful for the life of HDC that you could give uh, in terms of something that you could weigh that you could serve please just write it in in that final box. And then you'll see there the data stuff. Uh, you need to fill in the first and the third boxes to be able to submit the form. Uh, the middle box there says, I would like to receive the weekly email. Lots of you will already receive that weekly email. Comes on a Friday morning into your inbox from me. And what could be better than a weekly email from me? Um, and uh, for many people, that is the, the sort of the main way that people know what's going on in the life of the church. So if you don't get that weekly email, I'd encourage you to tick that box so you can find out what is going on uh, in the church. So I'm just going to ask them at the back to sort of a little bit of gentle music, uh, just to give us 10, 15 seconds, if you haven't yet finished filling in the form, just to fill that in and submit it. And just to say as well, at the end of the service, there are going to be representatives from all the different areas who are going to be back in the foyer over there. So if you want to chat with anybody about it, uh, then you can do that at the end of the service. And, and just to say, filling this in doesn't sort of commit you, you are suddenly signed up to help with children's group every week for the rest of your life. That is not what it's about, but it starts a conversation saying, could I help in this area? So it's not committing you to anything, but it's saying, I'd be interested in having a chat about whether I could serve in this area. So let's just have a bit of music, 10, 15 seconds, just finish, it, finish off filling out the form and submitting it uh, right now, if you can, that's awesome.
one final area, just as we finish. Attention, please. Thank you so much for filling in those serving forms. If you uh, haven't managed to yet, uh, you can go on a vision for, for joy.com uh, later tonight at home or whatever and fill it in. That is so, so helpful. Thank you so much to each one of you for doing that. Just as we come, a final area, everyone pray. Everyone pray. If you click that box, uh, you'll see four ways uh, to be involved in praying in the life of HTC. You've got upper Zoom and you've got the prayer meeting this Wednesday night. Tim's talked about both of those already. Please do get involved with those. We've also got HTC Daily, 20 minutes of prayer, every weekday morning, 8 a.m. on Zoom. And then this is the new one that I would love us all to think about joining right now, if you're willing, and that is HTC Pray. And what this is, is very simply a new daily WhatsApp broadcast message that you will receive one prayer point each morning connected to the life of HTC that will help fuel your prayers for all that's going on for us as in the life of the church. And to join it is so simple, I'm going to encourage you to do it right now while you've got your phones out. You can either do it by um, using that QR code, scan it, it should take you to WhatsApp. Uh, you need to add it to your contacts and then you need to send a WhatsApp to that number uh, and just write pray and that way you'll get added to the list. If that doesn't work, it was crashing sometimes this morning, you can also just type in that number. Um, some of it's certainly working, I can feel it buzzing in this phone. This is not my personal phone, by the way, but I can feel them buzzing as they're coming in. You can use that number um, and you just type it in and save it to your contacts, call it HTC Pray, and again, just write Pray uh, to that number and uh, you'll be added to the list. Or uh, if you press a few buttons on the website, you'll see, you can just follow it through, you can add the number to your WhatsApp, so add it to your contacts, that's the key, and then write pray, and you'll be added to that list. It's gonna start Monday or Tuesday this coming week, and you will receive a daily um, prayer point to pray into, just to fuel your prayers, uh, praying for the life of the church and all that's going on. Thank you so much. Prayer is so vital. We've seen it um, in the answer to prayer with Revitalize 250. Uh, so please do join us uh, in that army of prayer warriors. The band are going to come up. Uh, we're going to stand and we're going to sing one final song as we close.